0: Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuwanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football. Washington, or I mean Jeff Safford, waved me in. He said, "I can round third and score." Welcome in. Montana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Drive slow out there, homies. It's uh, it's not nice on the roads, but here we are. I was uh, coming in hot, but ready to roll here today. Pretty interesting because it's it's hard to turn the page completely on football till after the Super Bowl is in the books, and that's obviously. Several weeks away, now we're down into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So we're going to spend a ton of time talking about football here still these last couple weeks. But it's been kind of fun to dive back into basketball. And we always talk about this. You know, sort of the crossover, especially in small markets that are college-driven and high school-driven, like we are here uh, in Missoula and around the state of Montana. But this one seemed like it lingered a little bit longer than usual. And I think that's partly because I was thinking about this the other day. The news cycle for college football—it has like no uh, bumpers anymore. It's like endless because it used to, you used to—you go from season to season. You go from the fall season into winter conditioning, into spring ball, and you have these lulls in the action. But now there's news every day. It used to be okay. Signing day is done. There's not going to be any more recruiting news. Well, now there's recruiting news pretty much every day with the comings and goings within uh, the NCAA transfer portal. So it just seems like football always takes center stage, and it it, it probably always will. That said, there is a rivalry game times two coming up in Bozeman on Saturday, so we're going to spend the majority of the next couple days getting you all set up for that. Montana State hosts in Montana. Uh, The women's game is at two. The men's game is at seven. So I have some questions. Uh, Myself, Andrew Houghton, our producer and uh, contributor here on Nuana's Now, he and I will talk about... The pressure cooker, we do this a lot of times during the summer for football, but uh, who has more pressure when it comes to some of the coaches, some of the players, the narratives going into these rivalry games? We're also going to hear from Matt Logie. He is heading into his first rivalry game. Does that mean there's no pressure on Montana State first-year men's basketball coach or a ton of pressure? We'll discuss that here in just a minute. We'll hear from Matt Logie here in about 15 minutes. we also going to hear from Anand Moody. He is a super-duper senior for the uh, University of uh, Montana He's played against the Bobcats uh, at three different stops, at North Dakota, at Southern Utah, and now at Montana. He's actually never beaten the Bobcats. So um, that's an interesting fold. And uh, so we'll hear from on at about 4.30. Uh, Hour number two, we're going to spend most of the time talking NFL playoffs. Brooks Duwattis will join us for an elongated all-football all the time. Talk about uh, NFL playoffs from a betting perspective and some of the top storylines from around the NFL. And then we'll round things out by getting to whatever we don't get to in terms of this rivalry uh, upcoming. So there you go. That's your show outlook here on Nuanas Now. You want to stream the show? You always can. 1029espn.com. Click on listen live and you'll find the stream. Uh, Are we back up on the app now that Mr. Safford's back in town? Sweet. So the ESPN app uh, back up and running. We are not on that for this show when Grizz Hockey's on the road, but we have it so that you can watch Grizz Hockey first and foremost. So uh, they're back from Billings, a 9-3 to win over Williston State. Uh, they have a double dip this weekend. The first one up in Great Falls on Friday against the University of Providence, and then uh, the Argos come here on Saturday. So 7.30 Friday night, puck drop from up there in the Electric City, and that'll, of course, be here on ESPN Radio as well as on the ESPN MT app. And then Saturday... Uh, Back in town. So 830 Glacier Ice Rink if you want to head on down. And if you can't, you can always watch it on that app. Or you can always watch it at Buffalo Wild Wings as well. Buffalo Wild Wings uh, partner with us for Grizz Hockey. They'll be showing the Grizz Hockey games home and away anytime that the Grizz are in action. So if you want to have some beers, uh, eat some wings, uh, the hamburgers are delicious. I had a hamburger there a couple weeks ago. It was was awesome. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings right next to us here on Radio Way off of North Reserve uh, in the Garden City in Missoula. You want to be a part of the show, you always can, 406-888-1029. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Call it or text it. Texting is probably the best way because then uh, Andrew could forward them along to me and uh, we can have you be a part of the conversation. We have, we have something to give you pretty much every single day around here. Nothing to give you here today, so uh, we'll have stuff to give you Pretty much always moving forward, so no worries. But that's the number if and when we do have giveaways, 406-888-1029. But if you want to be a part of the conversation uh, here on Nuanas Now, you can call and or text that number uh, at any time. As I mentioned, I'm through Nuanas. We're coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here uh, at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. All right, let's talk some rivalry game, pressure cooker. I think that there's four different uh, sort of a- avenues to address this. First of all... Um, Maybe not quite as much as football. In football, like the seniors are such a huge storyline in the Cat-Grizz game. That's always true in college athletics. I mean, the seniors are almost certainly going to be your most veteran, experienced players, the most familiar faces to the fans, and you hope at least your best players. In football, though, I always think like that it, when the Cats and the Grizz play each other, the group of seniors that has the most to prove or the most to lose that's oftentimes maybe not the determining factor in the game, but it can be a determining factor in the game. You saw it this last year. Those guys like Braxton Hill and Levi Janicaro and Tyler Flink and a lot of those Montana-made guys, Garrett Graves, they did not want to go out on a losing note. They'd lost to the Cats more often than they'd beat them, but they wanted to go out on a high note, and you definitely saw it. Same thing with the 2021 Grizz uh, when they uh, beat Montana State at home. But you've also seen that with the Cats, particularly in 2019 and in 2022 when the Cats just ran roughshod over the Grizz in those rivalry games. So oftentimes that core of Montana guys that has their legacy within the scope of the rivalry to play for has a huge effect. It's true in the basketball rivalries as well. I think the biggest differences are, first of all, a lot of times the, the older players are not necessarily, and in this case, most most of them aren't four- or five-year players. There's a ton of seniors that'll play on all four of these teams, Montana and Montana State's men's and women's teams, but a, a vast majority of them started their careers elsewhere. So that's that's one element of it. The other element is uh, nary uh, a Montana product that's a, a senior uh, playing in this game. I actually don't think that there is a single player from Montana who is a senior player in this game. There are certainly Montana players on the rosters of all of these teams, but none of the seniors are from Montana. So that's a very interesting deal uh, as well. And then the coaching part of this thing, Travis DeCure is uh, one of the most, I mean, I, I guess at this point, is he the most longest tenured coach in the Big Sky Conference? Now, I was think about this. Uh, Randy Ray was at Weber State. He was there for 16 years, but I'm trying to just go through it really quick. I think Travis DeCure at year 10 is the longest tenured coach in the Big Sky in men's basketball.
2: I think he'd, he'd have to be, yeah. He
0: yeah, has to be, so... And then on the women's side, of course, Trisha Binford, year 19, she is definitely the longest-tenured coach in women's basketball, although she doesn't have quite a, a, as big a lead as maybe you'd think because Seton Sobleski's is in year, what, 15 or 16 there at Idaho State? He's been there since 2008, so do the math on that. I think it's year 16 there for Seton. Yep, that's right. So, uh, But that's that, those are like the only two stalwarts in the women's league. Pretty much the whole rest of the league has been brand new over the last three years, so a lot of new coaches there. So let's start with the women's game. Yeah, Brian Holsinger in year three for the Lady Grizz, and you have Trisha Binford in year 19. Now, Coach Binford, when she first took over Montana State, it was a massive rebuild. Uh, They had to start from the ground up. She was also a first-time head coach who was uh, a very young and -and up-and-coming coach. Binford's early teams were defined by their great talent and sort of their sporadic nature, but sometimes that great talent breaking through. They played in the Big Sky Tournament Championship game pretty early on before they were ever actually chasing regular season league titles. But then, about midway through her 19 seasons at Montana State, they really turned a corner, and they locked in their recruiting strategy, their recruiting area. They've done a great job of recruiting the, the northern Midwest. So that's Minnesota and uh you know, sort of the Dakotas, that whole area, over into Idaho, Boise, of course. Trisha Biford played at Boise. She did a great job there, and then they've recruited really well in Colorado as well. She is from Colorado, uh, so it makes sense, sort of the recruiting territories that they've been able to prioritize. But they've been getting really, really good pipelines going, particularly from the Minneapolis area, the Denver area, and the Boise area. That's one part. They also decided upon their, their identity. They locked in on this dribble-drive offense that I think caters really well to what Binford uh, loves about offensive basketball. She was one of the great point guards in Big Sky Conference history. This offense ca- caters to having great point guards. And since they've locked in on this style, they've had a couple awesome ones. in Hannah Hanna Cottle, I guess first it started with Lindsey Stockton. They, they started the dribble-drive about halfway through Stockton's career. But Lindsey Stockton into Hannah Cottle, both Spokane products where they've also done a good job recruiting and then into Darian White, who was a four-year starter, and Peerless, I think one of the great point guards in the history of the Big Sky. And then I also think that Benford has an unbelievable sense of confidence and security because when you've been there for 19 years now and you've hung multiple Big Sky Conference banners, you know, you've know you won more games than anybody in program history. I mean, you're one of three coaches in the league ever to win 300-plus games. It's Robin Selvig, Carla Taylor, and Trisha Benford. That's it. So she has all of that. And, and so then there's no there's no insecurity. There's no tumult. You know what you're getting. And even if you are going to have maybe a year where you're good but not, you know, best in the league, I think that's probably where Montana State's at this year. I think they're good. I think they could certainly win on any given night. I think they certainly could win on Saturday. But they, they aren't necessarily expected to be the Big Sky champs. Then on the Lady Grizz side of things, it's also been this era of tumult. You had Robin Silver retire, and then you had the much chronicled uh, ups and downs and and, uh, sort of fall from grace during the Shannon Schwain days. Then you had the one weird year where Mike Petrino was the interim head coach, and it was during a pandemic when there was no fans allowed to show up. Then you finally sparked the rebuild with Brian Holsinger, and they were pretty good right out the gates. He's done a great job bringing in a bunch of really good talent. They are expected to be a conference contender this year. Yet, they're st- they, right now, it's still potential. It's still, it's still hype. How do you solidify it? They've been good out the gates. The first half of the year has been very good. They're 11-4. and four. They've won eight out of their last nine, but they've had some lulls, including stubbing their toe at Northern Colorado last Thursday. All that said, I think this is a gigantic one for Brian Holsinger and the Lady Grizz. They haven't won in Bozeman since March of 2014, so that's a full 10 years since the last time they won at Brick and Phil Montana State's won nine in a row. Uh, on their home court so who do you think in I think it's kind of relating towards uh, the the setup making it kind of obvious but who do you think there's more pressure on in terms of the coaching staffs uh, in the women's game
2: yeah I think it's pretty cut and dried uh for for this game coaches players whatever whoever we're talking about the pressure's got to be on the lady Grizz right and I think specifically talking about Brian Holsinger We've talked a lot. We've talked about the pressure on him coming into this year, just period, let alone with all the history of the Lady Grizz in Bozeman recently. We talked yesterday about, you know, he still hasn't banked that one real marketable win, aside from beating the Bobcats at home last season. He hasn't won a game in the Big Sky Tournament. He hasn't beaten the Bobcats in Bozeman. And when you look at the history of coaches, I mean— First year, you come in, okay, the program's had some issues. First year, you're not expecting much. Second year, you just want to see some progress, and Montana actually didn't progress last year. They took a step back. That's right. Third year is when you want to see the vision come to fruition. And what Brian Holsinger has done at Montana is assemble a ton of talent, and we want to see whether they're going to be able to put it together. Uh, Now, I think there's some upside to this game for the Lady Grizz, too. I think there's a ton of pressure on them. I think there's some some real downside there because I think, like you said, Montana State certainly could win this game on Saturday. There's also some big upside for the Lady Grizz because, exactly like you said, I think if they win this game, not only is that the number one thing that we're pointing to on Brian Holsinger's resume in the whole three years that he's been here, that's also the moment when we stop talking about them as potential, start talking about them as being real and being here. I, I wouldn't really be able to nitpick if you said a Lady Grizz team that's twelve and four with two of those losses to teams that are ranked in the top twenty five in the country, right. And four and one in the Big Sky Conference, okay, they stubbed their toe against Northern Colorado. You know, Northern Colorado is not a terrible team that was on the road. They bounced back. they beat Northern Arizona and then they beat their rival. You'd be saying, well, look, the Lady Grizz are, are here yeah, now, right. and that comes with its own set of pressures, but this is the game where they can really turn that potential into, into actuality, so there's some upside there, too.
0: Well, they have to prove that they can handle the moment from a mental standpoint. I mean, that, that's been the thing is that after Robin Silver retired, there's certainly a whole bunch of, of adversity in terms of some of the injuries, some of the player deflections and all that sort of stuff, but Lady Grizz have had talent. They've just, by and large, folded in big moments, and uh, particularly in the rivalry, particularly in the Big Sky Conference tournament. I mean, they haven't won a Big Sky Conference. They've won one Big Sky Conference tournament game since Robin Selvig retired, and that's some eight years ago now. So certainly that uh, is a far cry from what they once were, but they, it seems like they're on their way back up to that point. So, Okay, so let's stick with the, the girls then. The Lady Grizz seniors are Carmen G. Filler, who does have a signature performance in a win in the rivalry. She did it in Missoula, Um, Two years ago. All right, was that two or three years ago? Whenever she scored 37 points and absolutely lit it up. I think two years ago. Two years ago, that's right. Um, Gina Markson, who is uh, an Idaho transfer a couple years back, but she's played in this game on the Lady Grizz side before. And then Maggie Espen Miller McGraw, who's a grand transfer from Iowa State. This is her first uh, Bobcat Grizz game. For the Bobcats, they have three seniors who have played a lot of minutes in these games. albeit in more role-player roles rather than leading roles. Madison Hall, who's formerly Madison Jackson, K.J. Lomardo, and Taylor Jansen. I agree with all you said about the the sort of uh, program parallels here, Andrew, but I actually think that there's equal pressure on the specific seniors in this game because for the Lady Grizz, all we just laid out, we don't need to repeat all that. For the Lady Bobcats, though, for Montana State, proving that you can play a leading role. Proving that you are a contender after this headlining class departed, I think it's a, it's big time. I mean, KJ Lombardo's been sort of scratching the surface as a player who's an elite player in the Big Sky Conference. I think she has the talent to be that. Same thing with Taylor Jansen and uh, Masson Hall right now. I mean, she's doing everything for Montana State. She's sort of the one that's played bigger minutes than the rest of them in more a more primary role. But I just think affirming that you can still do it and also protecting your home court, sort of protecting your your group's legacy within the scope of this rivalry. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Bobcat seniors in this one as
2: well. Well, definitely, and I think that a lot of that pressure comes from being at home, like you said, because you think about it this is their chance to get the win in the rivalry in their final year. If you you lose this game and you're staring down the barrel of having to come back to Dahlberg Arena against a Lady Grizz team who you have given confidence by by letting them beat you on your home court, uh, suddenly you're looking at the very real possibility of being swept. I think that... Part of a part of it goes back to the coaches, though, right? Mm-hmm. I think that probably Brian Holsinger is going to acknowledge the pressure, mm-hmm. and Trisha Binford is is probably not going to acknowledge that there's much pressure. I think
0: that in Trisha Binford's life, there is no such thing as pressure. It's and, just and, all
2: about the process. That's and why, and particularly I particularly the the this this year, right? And yeah, she'll, yeah. Be to, uh, she'll be able to she'll be able to send that message to the team as well because they can see it too with all the injuries that they've had.
0: Well, like she always says, chop wood, carry water. It's all about the process. It's not about the the, the elements of all of the exterior. It's about just doing your job and doing your thing. That's why I appreciate her her steadfast nature when it comes to coaching. We're going to come back to the discussion about the men's seniors in this game because we're going to hear from one of them in and, and Moody in a little bit. So this will carry over uh, into segment number two. But then on the, the men's side, I think that there's all the pressure in, from the coaching perspective on Travis DeCure. Travis DeCure is 12 and four uh, against the Bobcats, but he had won all but one of the matchups in the rivalry leading up till Danny Sprinkle rolled into town. The only time Travis ever lost to Montana State was when Tyler Hall went straight nuclear and <laughs> hit like 11. What did he, he? was 11 of 13 and he was seven of nine from three. Michael O'Guine was was. Uh, All over him, and it didn't matter. He could not miss. 37 points is one of the craziest, single craziest shooting performances I've ever seen. That said, the Grizz have won 20 out of 24 in this rivalry, but they've lost three out of the last four. So, are the scales tipping? Going into Bozeman and getting a win could be a return to the status quo. Then on the Matt Logie side of things, I think he's got... All sorts of rope because he's taken over for the favorite son. He's taken over for one of the most beloved coaches in the program's history, Danny Sprinkle, one of the most beloved figures in Montana State Athletics, their entire athletic department's history. So, uh, And he has a whole rebuilt roster. Everybody left. That's it. They've been playing pretty well, especially as of late, and they had a big sweep last weekend. So let's hear from Matt Logie, and then we'll continue this pressure cooker conversation. I caught up with Montana State's uh, first-year head coach a little earlier on this week. We'll start for our Montana State Minute featuring Montana State first year head men's basketball coach Matt Logie. Headed into now first rivalry game against the University of Montana. It's in Bozeman, doubleheader, 7 p.m. tip for the men, 2 p.m. for the women. Coach, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Excited to be here and I uh, appreciate you having me on. First of all, I was talking about last weekend headed into this game. Uh, a nice sweep for you guys. I thought particularly you looked great. Against Northern Colorado on on Saturday night. What was what were the keys? What'd you like about what your team did? What'd you think of you, just uh, your mental toughness to get that sweep, especially Saturday's effort?
1: Yeah, thanks. I thought uh, our guys. Uh, really responded well to uh, to the the weekend prior you know we we, we got uh, you know we got our teeth kicked in a little bit at South Dakota State and came back to, to campus and uh, really just honed in on the details and 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 wanted to to kind of make sure that we were committed to the things that uh, we needed to be committed to, to to find success and I thought our guys in both games Thursday and Saturday um, really showed a lot of growth on the defensive end of the floor in particular um, and then just with the their 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 Connection and competitiveness together, Um, that really showed through on Saturday. I thought, obviously, Northern Colorado was playing uh, great basketball, coming in on a real hot streak. And they have a great point guard, a really talented scorer in St. Thomas. And so they put a lot of pressure on you. And I thought our guys withstood the pressure and and executed well on offense to to help us uh, build a lead. What sort of challenge is guarding a guy like St.
0: Thomas? Because he's sort of a, I wouldn't say unique, but I mean, he's a, he's a pretty big mismatch, especially in the Big Sky Conference. But you guys did a good job. I know he still had 27 on you, but that's 10 less than he had on Thursday night. So, uh, I mean, what sort of challenge is it to, to match up with a guy like that?
1: yeah you know uh you know it's a tough cover when you feel like as a coach you did a really good job on him, and then your eleven year old son tells you that he went for twenty seven and how good he was and i <laughs> I was feeling like we did a pretty good job, but you know obviously with a guy like that it's um it's about trying to limit the efficiency i think you know he's he's not a guy that's gonna you know, really be able to deny his shot attempts. So you're trying to 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 make sure that you get great contests, um, that maybe you drive him into some areas of the floor that he's not as comfortable in. And I thought we did a good job of that at times. We lost him a couple of times and, and uh, he, you know, he, he makes you pay. Um, he's a three level scorer and uh, obviously a, a good athlete and, and uh, they run good actions. And so um, he's, he's made a big impact for them and uh, certainly a tough cover for 40 minutes. When it comes
0: to just a team coalescing and coming together, what's that process like? And and how do you like the way your team has been able to do that here in the first half of this season?
1: I think for us, the uh – The challenge has been just, you know, trying to fast forward that timeline as as much as possible because of the transition we went through last spring. Um, Typically, you don't have, you know, nine new players uh, on a roster in any given year. And you've got a little bit of carryover from um, concepts and things that you've been doing. And when you start. New and it's year one. Um, not only do you have the the roster turnover and the trust that you've got to build with the players, but uh, a whole new system and style of play that um, you're you're trying to design uh, with your your players' best interests in mind and putting them in positions to be successful. Certainly, uh, our roster isn't designed uh, with the same strengths and capabilities that uh, that last year's Montana State roster had uh but that doesn't mean there's not other ways that we can be successful and so um that process is is ongoing i think our guys are starting to see you know what it takes to um to win you know within kind of uh our blueprint and our vision for for the program and i've been really proud of the way our guys have hung together in the midst of quite a bit of adversity um, this season obviously pat mcmahon um going down for the year um might not be as you know, impactful to the common, common fan. But for, for us that have been in the gym for seven months together, since I got the job, um, he, he was on track to have a, just a, a terrific season and and a really impactful, important part of this team. And so we've had to, we've had to adjust to a lot, you know, throughout this year. And uh, Eddie Turner, our point guard broke his nose and missed a few games in, in um, non-conference play. And so it's just been really about hanging on and continuing to get better each day.
0: Matt Logan joining us here on Waters Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Maybe you're watching on our Skyline Sports MT YouTube channel. No matter how you're tuning in, appreciate you for being here. Montana State hosts Montana on uh, Saturday at Brick Breed and Fieldhouse, 7 p.m. One guy I want to ask about, I want to ask about several of you guys, but one guy who's... Sort of a, a familiar face and a guy that was a returner this year for Montana State's Robert Ford III. We're going to talk to him a little bit later on this week. But been so impressed with how uh, his game has sort of evolved. We always knew he was a really fast guy that could guard on the ball and, and play on the ball offensively. But, man, has he taken it to another level as a complete player, especially when it comes to rebounding. What have you liked about his
1: growth? And, and uh, I mean, when you have a, a point guard that can rebound like that, how, how much does that help you as a team? I think um in Rob's case uh, he deserves all the credit in the world because uh, he he took on a, a big challenge in, in coming back here and 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 putting that leadership hat on um and also um changing his stripes a little bit in terms of uh, a different style of play different system and, and and different things that we were asking him to you know um, impart in, in into his game and I think um I've been really proud of the way he's committed to those things you know you can see it reflected in his His shooting percentages, uh, from both the field and from the three point line. Um, he, he really put a great summer of work in on on the things that we teach and, and, um, it will be a a tremendous success story, you know, for, uh, future years and future Bobcats at, at what can be accomplished, uh, with, Kind of the fundamentals and the things that that we um, are are trying to put our our players in position to succeed with. Um, in regards to the, the rebounding, you know, Rob is just a guy that has a knack for the basketball, and uh, he doesn't really care if it's coming up the rim, or if you're dribbling it or passing it. He's trying to get it, and um, we certainly needed it this year at, at times. Early in the season, we we really uh, lacked a little bite on the glass, and, and he helped kind of stem that tide and now we're starting to really improve in that area and and having somebody at the point guard position uh, that can fly in there and get those defensive rebounds in particular is really valuable because a lot of times you know your opposing point guards are getting back on defense Uh, and so they kind of have a free run at it and not a lot of guys are trained to do it as well as Rob and it's uh, a pretty natural thing for him.
0: Another guy I want to ask you about this week, I'll ask you about guys moving forward, but uh, Brian Garaki, he's hes really transitioned well. I know you coached him at Point Loma. He was a good scorer for you there, but he's been a great scorer this year at Montana State so far. Why has his scoring abilities been able to translate and maybe even uh, take, a, take it up a notch like he has?
1: Well, I think the, the honest answer is that the jump that he's made was the natural jump he was going to make from last year to this year, no matter what jersey he had on. You know, certainly there are... There are differences to to levels, but there's also a lot of gray area uh, in between levels as well. And, you know, we were fortunate at Point Loma to be in a position where we are competing, you know, um, you know, for regional and national championships and, and teams that are at that level, um, you know, are very competitive um, in, in many ways to, to the big sky. And so I think the familiarity that he had, you know, with me and, and our staff and our system and our terminology, um, has allowed him to just kind of keep on the natural progression that I think as a player, um, he's been preparing for throughout his time in college. And I've, I've been really, um, happy for him to, to see that success come through.
0: Well, Tansy here on Orleans Now, yes, been Radio, Matt Logie's joining us. Let's talk about the game then coach. Uh, I know you yeah, you go way back with, with Travis DeCure. So tell us about that element, uh, a guy you've known for a really long time. What's it going to be like squaring off on the sideline, at least in this capacity for the first time? I know you guys have played against each other throughout the years, but what's it going to be like in a in a CAC Riz rivalry?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, it, it'll probably be a little bit different than a, an exhibition game between uh, a D3 opponent and a and D1 opponent. Um, certainly, you know, our, our fan bases are, are very passionate about um, you know, their, their institutions and and their programs. And, um, that, that all just makes for a, a really exciting, uh, experience for our, our players and our coaches alike. Uh, you know, Travis and I go, you know, way, way back. Um, I, I'm, I met him, you know, when I was probably eight years old, uh, when he played for my grandfather in high school. And then, um, he had, you know, our, our our stories have crisscrossed throughout the basketball landscape um, since that point. You know, he he came back to Mercer Island and and coached uh, in our community and um, you know helped helped uh, you know our program win a state championship when I was there, and so we have those memories together, which are, are certainly cherished. And then as two guys that have been coaching college basketball for you know about twenty years now, um, certainly that relationship has evolved over the years as we've gone from from different place to different place and so it's, uh it's funny how God works and kind of weaves things uh into our lives but I know my grandfather will be uh really proud smiling down on two of his former players and uh, there's there's nothing but respect you know on, on my end for for Travis and uh the job he's done you know throughout his career and, and obviously at Montana speaks for itself and um it'll be you know it' be a fun opportunity to uh, compete in in such a, a storied rivalry when you look at the Grizz uh, what do you see? Well, I think the first thing that uh, that you see is uh, a whole lot of continuity, you know, in, in their backcourt in particular. Um, you know, guys like Brandon Whitney, who started for four years, and Josh Vasquez, who you know played 135 games, uh, and then Anna Moody, who's who's just uh, an elite shooter and 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 been there now for a couple of years and and very experienced in his own regard uh, within college basketball. And then uh, in the front court, you know, Deshaun Taylor. It has uh, kind of been an X factor for them as of late really uh, has picked up his performance in conference play. And, and so, you know, I think the thing that stands out is uh, they're a team that, that very much knows who they are and, and uh, what their roles are. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, all of us uh, are, are trying to uh, hold on to and and, and really highlight um, heading into January and February. And, 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 and so that's, you um, I think the biggest thing that stands out is just that that continuity that they have from from backcourt to coaching staff and, and front court as well. Both these teams in this game
0: have, have shot the ball well to really well at times this year. How big of a factor is that gonna be? Uh, just limiting three point opportunities for them and cashing in on some yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, Greg Popovich says it best, you know, basketball in many ways is a make or miss game. And uh, as coaches, you know, our our job is to try to create advantages and, and, um, you know, we can we can hope to create as many great shots as possible. But ultimately, you know, whether you're playing for a Big Sky Championship or Cat Grizz, um, you know, it's the players on the floor that uh, that make the difference. And um, you're going to see guys step up in, in a game like that and and um, and and be prepared to, to make some big shots. Keys for your team on Saturday against Montana. The keys for us all year long have been uh just really uh staying staying connected on the defensive end of the floor, uh rebounding the basketball uh, at a high level, which I think we've we've really improved at in, in in recent recent games, recent weeks. Um, and then taking care of the basketball, working, working to get great shots and and not allowing uh turnovers to create, you know, easy scoring opportunities in transition.
0: Matt Logie, here on Duanas now. Yes, been radio coach. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much and the best of luck this weekend.
1: Thanks a lot for having me. Go cats.
0: and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players. We know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com.
1: One, two, three. That is now
0: on ESPN Radio. Pretty bold to say, okay, here's a sorry, I'm going to cover it by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Like, who who can sing like John Fulker? Nobody. There's a new uh, doc out on Creedence Clearwater Revival. What a phenomenon they were. And for only a moment in time. It's funny because retrospectively, you don't think of them having such a brief, short career, right? The early rock and roll times, like the Beatles only were around for 10 years. But they had, like, ten albums and, and dropped so many iconic moments and singles and, you know, all, all of the above. Queen's Colorado Revival has only ran for, like, three years. And, of course, like, John Fogarty, some of the other guys in the band, struck out, had other ventures and and whatever. It's just amazing because you listen to the radio, and I listen to classic rock or whatever. You listen to the trail. There's a million CCR songs. It's crazy how prolific you can be in such a short amount of time. Welcome back to What Is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Podcast Television. And the ESPN MT app. It's an NFL Saturday and Sunday. Plus, you got some uh, rivalry basketball at Montana at Montana State. Want to watch all the action? Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch the rivalries and the NFL. Plus, the NBA, the NHL, whatever the uh, whatever you want to watch, the Slipper will have it on for you. They got drink specials every day. 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. Nowhere else you should be watching your favorite teams at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Pressure Cooker talks about the uh, Cat Grizz games. We talked about the women's game, uh, pretty well-rounded. But uh, on the men's side, I guess one last thought about the coaches, then we'll talk about the players, then we'll hear from Anand Moody, who is one of the key players uh, in this uh, Grizz rivalry game against Montana State. Am I... I, uh, Am I on it here, or am I off the mark thinking that that Matt Logie has literally no pressure coming into this game? It's his first rivalry game. Not only that, but his whole team, besides Robert Ford, has never played in this game. They're at home, certainly, but you're going against one of the storied programs in the league, one of the storied coaches uh, in the current iteration of the league, and a Grizz team that's stacked flush with seniors, including a whole bunch of guys that have played in a bunch of these games. So it just seems like, okay, if you steal one from the Grizz, awesome. House money. If you lose, well, it's our first rivalry game. We'll get back on the horse. Let's keep on trying to be competitive.
2: Yeah, a little bit of pressure for me because they are at home, like you mentioned. A little bit of pressure because it is the first rivalry game, right? <laughs> and, and true. Everybody's sort of waiting and watching to see how he's going to handle the moment. That's like, true. Think about It's not the same as the football rivalry, but think about... Brent Vegan's first rivalry game and, and, and on the gridiron, and that's
0: a great point because then you think about when Vegan lost his first rivalry game, even though it was in the midst of a nine and two season, season. People were like, well, "What happened to Jeff Choate? We need Jeff Choate back." Even though Jeff Choate never went seven and one in Big Sky Conference play, he also just never lost to the Grizzlies. It'll—I I, I didn't think of that element. It'll be sort of similar where. Danny Sprinkle, where have you gone? Maybe uh, you need Sprinkle
2: back. There is a little bit of pressure because you're following the favorite son, like you said. So all of that adds up to a little bit of pressure for Matt Logie, but I think you're right. A lot more pressure on, on Travis cure coming into this game.
0: On the player's side of thing, in things in the men's game, on the Bobcat side of things, Robert Ford the third is is literally the only guy on the Cats who has played in one of these so that, I don't know if that helps or hurts you. Yeah, maybe what you don't know uh, only helps you, or or, or maybe they. I, I do think it helps the Cats that they're at home for this. It'll be fascinating to see how these guys do their first time in Missoula. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the only seniors really that are expected to even play in this game uh, for the Cats are, are Robert Ford III, who will join us tomorrow, and Eddie Turner, who's a grad transfer there, who's, who's been playing well. On the Grizz side of things, you have a ton of seniors. Actually, like, a pretty rare number of seniors for a, you know, this this day and age in college basketball, especially guys that have been within the program for a couple of years. Jordan Williams is new. He's the only new senior. But then you got Lalu, Oke, okay, who's in year two with the Grizz. Anna Moody, who's in year two with the Grizz. Deshaun Thomas, who's in year two with the Grizz. And then you got Brandon Whitney and Josh Vasquez, who are both, I guess Brandon Whitney's in year four, and Josh Vasquez is in year year five with Montana. So um, the rare fifth-year senior in this day and age in college hoops, those guys have played in a bunch of these ones. I think, again, on this one, there's no pressure on the Cats because they have none of these guys are ever played in this thing.
2: And the one who has, Robert Ford, he's stamped his mark on this game, right? He That's was right. hugely important in the Huge. game of Bozeman last season.
0: I thought it was very interesting what Danny Sprinkle said, former Montana State head coach, on this show on Tuesday. He said, hey, because I asked him about this year's Bobcats, and he said, hey, the one thing that people don't realize is that both Robert Ford and Darius Brown, when they transferred to Montana State, they were really hurt, and they didn't get a chance to really get healthy. Now Ford's healthy. Ford was an all-big sky player at Idaho State, and he looks like an all-big sky player and then some right now. I mean, he's looking—he uh, looks like one of the best players in the league right now. So uh, he could certainly be uh, a game changer. But for the Grizz, I mean, the way of the program when these guys all joined the program was we don't lose to the Cats. There is no losing to the Cats. We've really never lost to the Cats. We dominate this rivalry. This group, especially the guys like Brandon Whitney and Josh Vasquez, they have experienced losses to the Cats, so they need to figure out a way to get back on. I think there's a lot of pressure in terms of their legacies within Grizz basketball.
2: I think that's right, too. I also, and this may be a point that's a bit far out there, right, just thinking about that group of guys, it's interesting. There's a little pressure on them just generally for those guys. I'm thinking about the course of their season, but also, everything's magnified in the Cat Grizz game. So the pressure that's on them all season is magnified in this game, although it's not specific to this game. And I'm just thinking about all those guys, and I'm looking at the list. All those guys have... You Know questions about them still. It's like, can Anand Moody be more than a shooter scorer? Can Deshaun Thomas be more than a stretch for? And, and we've talked about him starting to answer those questions totally, four straight double doubles in during this season. But I I still think that the question's out there. You know, can Josh Vasquez be more than a role player? Right, can Brandon Whitney seize the moment? Can he like be a dude
0: for an elongated stretch? He is a dude. Once-offs, and, and then he fades. Can he be a dude for you know a whole season now that he's a senior?
2: And these, these are questions that don't get answered in one game. That's but right. if they were to get answered in one, you can go a long way towards answering them in this specific game, if that makes sense. I hope everybody's following along with me. <laughs> one one guy who uh, who loves the taunting, the pressure,
0: the fanfare is on and Moody. Here's Chris Senior from practice earlier this week. That Adobo-Garita with Anand Moody, senior for the University of Montana. First of all, I saw you up there with good buddy Riley Corcoran, voice for the Garitas. What's the, what's the smartest question he asked you?
3: Well, none of them are very smart when they come <laughs> out of rivalry, so I'm just kidding. Uh, he asked me how my birthday was. Oh, good. Yes. Happy so, birthday. Uh, you know, it was smart because then I got a... Uh, you know, uh, talk to him about my personal life, being a dad. I'm trying to encourage him to have some children too. He just got married, so um, that was an intelligent question. <laughs>
0: you gotta love it. I'm gonna need some dad advice too. I got one coming this week, uh, some sometime within the week. So yeah. So I saw one of your little boys running around at the game. Though, I mean, what's it like just having your family here watching you?
3: It's amazing. You know, my dad tries to make every single game. Uh, my kids are at all the home games. My wife is here. Um, you know, it's just a different type of uh, home environment. You have all the fans that cheer for you, but when you have your family that cheers for you, it means something more. So. Well, pretty
0: cool. I know you you got a chance to be a little, at least, kind of close to home a little while ago when you played it uh, in uh, Fargo at NDSU. What was that like? I mean, you obviously liked the gym. You had a pretty good night.
3: Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, I had 30 family members that came awesome. out to watch. So you scored pretty much a point for each one of them, right? Pretty much, pretty much. That <laughs> was the goal going into the game. Uh, no, it was amazing just to get a win um, back home. You know, my, my brother played football there for five years and won five championships. And my sister played volleyball there for five years as well. I was going to go there. My dream was to go there, and I went to UND as a black sheep. So to that full circle, come back to that same gym and have the performance that I had, plus the W's, it was amazing, you know.
0: Well, tell us about this last week, and I know uh – Probably the last four minutes of Thursday night was disappointing for you guys, but then you got back on track in a big way Saturday. So just take us through that. What do you think went wrong Thursday night, and then how are you guys able to sort of right the ship quickly on Saturday?
3: Yeah, just complacency. I think just getting too comfortable with the lead that we had. We should have, uh, you know, tried to push it out to twenty instead of being conservative and trying to, you know, hold on tight to it. Um, and when sometimes when you try to hold on tight, to things, you, you know, you let them go. Um, but we had to respond on Saturday, and that was what Friday and, you know, preparation earlier that day was all about was uh, just responding. And, you know, we came out. The scoreboard speaks for
0: itself. Did that feel – I mean, I know – this day and age of college basketball, every team is like a new team every year. But the fact that those guys knocked you out last year, Northern Arizona did, didn't feel pretty good to, to kind of get back at them.
3: Absolutely. That was part of the motivation going yeah. into the game is just that that was the team that ended our season last year. So a lot of us are still on this program. So um, we had that bitter taste in our mouth from the result that happened last year. And we knew that we were just going to go in and knock them out. Adam Moody here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. Maybe
0: you're watching on the Skyline Sports MT YouTube channel. Uh, now you turn the page. It's rivalry week, so uh, you've been a part of a, di- a variety of different rivalries throughout your life. But w- what's this one like? What, how do you feel when it gets to this
3: week? Oh yeah, this is by far the most intense rivalry that I've ever been a part of, and uh, you know I love going into Bozeman, and um, you know I haven't won there yet, but the plan is to um, go in uh, and do that this year so uh, the first half last year we came in there we weren't ready for the environment the defensive pressure and the intensity um, we had a lot of new guys that weren't really uh accustomed to the rivalry but now i think we all get it we have a lot of motivation going in especially with uh you know the good momentum that we have from the nau game so it's gonna be
0: fun what's it like settling in there i mean because it's you, there's some intense environments in the big sky but i mean they're armed and ready right they got cutouts of your face, they're making fun of your haircut, they don't like your shoes, I mean everything's up for grabs.
3: Yeah, yeah, they start early in warm-ups too, and you know, not only do they not like your face or your shoes, they don't like your kids, they don't like your wife when it comes to me, so um, just preparing myself mentally for all that.
0: (laughs) Is that sort of a motivator too, though, because a lot of times athletes feed off of that kind of stuff.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, don't say anything about my my mom, uh, my dad, uh, my wife, or my kids, otherwise it's going to be a long game,
0: Well, when it just comes to the matchup, I know it's only Tuesday as we talk here today, so you probably just started diving into it. But I mean, any initial thoughts just on what Montana State does operationally?
3: Yeah, I mean they have a you know a couple guys that are back from last year, Robert Ford. Um, you know, they got some new guys. They've they've seemed to found a little bit of a rhythm together. Um, you know, we've watched a couple games as a team, and um, yeah, they're they're playing good basketball right now, and we hope to make an end to it. They like to spread the floor a lot.
0: Shoot it pretty good, too. So, I mean, is, is that something you guys are on high alert for?
3: Oh, yeah. We're one of the best teams at taken away the three-point line in the conference. So, that's definitely going to be something that we're going to do against Montana State as well.
0: Offensively, where do you think you guys have grown? It seems like uh, Brandon Whitney being at the helm has, has been uh, – He seems like he settled in pretty well these last couple weeks.
3: Oh, yeah, just having more options, you know, with Deshaun and Brandon, even Josh, you know, anybody can get 20 a night, and I think that's really dangerous when you uh, go into a game and you have to scout a team like us where four guys can come and get you 20, and then there's a lot of Yoki on the inside as well. So, I mean, it's just going to be tough uh, for anybody that plays us.
0: One thing I talked with Trav about last week, everybody knows the shot Thomas can shoot it. He's a great stretch player. But when he rebounds like he has the last couple weeks, how big of a difference does that make for you guys?
3: Amazing, you know, amazing. I think he has uh, the four double-doubles in a row, right? And the first player to do that since Brian Qualley, former North Dakota. So anytime you're in conversation with him, you know, you're doing something good. And, uh, you know, we're a completely different team when he rebounds the ball and he scores the ball like that. So, you know, we just hope that he keeps doing it. A uh, win at Bozeman. What sort of momentum do you think that can give you guys going forward? The momentum that we need, you know, um, non-conference. We had a couple win streaks, and uh, we're just trying to make another one, right? So one game at a time, but we're just trying to pile them up. So, you know, getting a good win at Montana State will propel us into Weber, and then if we can have a good, you know, two games right there, we'll be in a good position for the rest of the conference. Thanks for doing it, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate
0: it. It's been fun getting to know Anna Moody. It's a totally unique thing. I know that there's all sorts of differing opinions on super duper seniors and and stuff but just having a guy that's I mean, he's in a totally different stage of life than most young men and women that you cover in in college he's he's been in college for more than a half a decade he's married with multiple children i mean this guy put in perspective. I'm 36 years old. This guy's been married longer than me, and he he was giving me dad advice after we got done with the interview. Even though I'm you know 12 years older than him, or maybe maybe 11, I don't know. But regardless, uh, it's it's cool just to uh, yeah. I don't know what I think about it like broadly. Uh, guys playing or college sports for six, seven, eight years, but in terms of this specific example, it's been great to get to know him. He's a really well-grounded young guy, and uh really think he's an awesome representative for, for Grizz basketball, and uh, oh, I, we always love having him on the show, so appreciate Adam Moody for uh, swinging by earlier this week. Was well, now out, ESPN Radio. Oh, the heck, does Mark, Mike McCarthy still have a job? We'll discuss next. Keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life.
1: Oh! It's one is now on
0: ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. One thing about listening to music and analyzing music over the years, there's just certain people that are so talented you just wonder how they're not more famous. Like John Hyatt's certainly relatively famous. I mean, we play him here on the Trail 103.3, Montana's Quality Rock, one of our sister stations here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. But gosh, man, he's such a good songwriter. He's such a good guitar player. He's got a great voice. And like some of you out there are like, I love John Hyatt. And I bet you most of you out there is like, who's that? I just don't know how he's not more famous. He's just so sweet. But that's one of the best parts about working here at Missoula Broadcasting Company is all the uh, crossover we get with our uh, great affiliated radio stations like The Trail, the U1045, as well as Jack FM 105.9. Uh, it's been really fun for me uh, working in the radio world. We're doing the talk radio over here on the sports station, but uh, I love me some music, and I love that you guys love the music, too. So keep that feedback coming when it comes to uh all of our music stuff uh, as well here on the, on Nuana's Down. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here on this Thursday. Uh, just a couple minutes left here in hour number one. Brooks is hour number two. Uh, all football all the time. An elongated one attacking all things NFL playoffs. The Dallas Cowboys did not make a move. This is like deja vu all over again. Once upon a time, everybody wanted Jason Garrett to get fired. Year after year after year. And that didn't happen. Until it did. And then they hired Mike McCarthy. And then he's been on the warm seat for a little while. And then his seat was lit ablaze after getting completely destroyed by the Green Bay Packers at home. After this was, you know, supposed to quote-unquote be the year the Cowboys were going to do it and make a run. Who would have thought that the NFC East would have zero teams in the division playoffs. And the NFC North would have two. I did not think that. I don't think anybody really did. Uh, But here we are. But. After all the fallout, everybody's speculating that Mike McCarthy was going to be out and that uh, maybe Jim Harbaugh, maybe Bill Belichick, maybe Dan Quinn in internal promotion. There's all sorts of speculation on what might happen in Big D. Well, none of it happened and Mike McCarthy still got a job. He gave a press press conference today and uh, he said he wants uh, people to buy into us. That was his direct quote. So I really don't know. The Cowboys, like I don't know what the Cowboys should do because the the Cowboys have had the same problem for 30 years. Since they won their last Super Bowl, they've had no problem being really, really talented. I mean, it's it's America's team. They got one of the biggest brands in sports. It's the most valuable franchise in all the sporting world in America. It, they have marketability for days. It's in Dallas, one of the premier cities in the country. It's in Texas, one of the premier football loving places. They have one of the sweetest stadiums. They have endless money. All these different things. They've drafted well. They have great talent. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have one of the best playmakers in football in CD Lamb. They have a good running back in Tony Pollard. They have one of the great defenses all of football. Micah Parsons is a top 10 defensive guy. They have great play on the defensive line. They had, you know, a record setter in the secondary, Duron Bland, who set the NFL record for pick sixes in a season. Was a first-team All-Pro at corner. The whole problem has been the overhype, the inability to live up to the hype, and then getting crushed by the media and letting it crush you. That's been the story of the Dallas Cowboys for my whole life, for the whole for thirty years. They've always had great players. They always fold in the big moments. So at some point, you got to address that this isn't about actually the coach or the people on the field. Although I do think they can upgrade from Dak Prescott, and it would get them quite a, quite a ways better. It's it's the it's the narrative around it. It's the environment that you've created and that you live within. That that's what's holding the Cowboys back. So how do you change that? Well. I don't know. All I do know is that I don't think that Mike McCarthy's the guy, and I don't think Jason Garrett was the guy. But they've had just so much turnover in head coaches. They haven't had any anyone with any semblance of stability since who? Jimmy Johnson, probably. Barry Switzer, I guess. I mean, it's it's crazy.
2: Well, I mean, that's not right. They've had two coaches in the last twelve years.
0: Well, that's right. They're, Jason that's Garrett not good. had stability. No, that's right. He's just not good. He's just not good. He's just not good. Like, in terms of difference-making head coaches, he's nowhere close to the top ten coaches in the league.
2: Right? I, uh, I think Jason Garrett probably not. I think Mike McCarthy you could maybe make an argument for. I mean, Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, yeah, right?
0: But, right, right? Rodgers won a Super Bowl for Mike McCarthy.
2: Sure. I, I know that it's fashionable to dump on Mike McCarthy right. or whatever, but he's had success in the league for uh, a long time. Sure. I, I guess what I'm saying is if you put John Harbaugh in Dallas
0: they'd be way better. If you put Mike Tomlin in Dallas, they'd be way better. If you put Bill Belichick in Dallas, they'd be way better.
2: If you put, you know, just on down the line. Would they or would the corrosive atmosphere of the place and, frankly, the owner take those guys down with it as well? It's a really good question. That's actually a really
0: good question. Is it because, like I just said, it's the environment they created. Is it it never going to change as long as Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys? That might be the end-all, be-all. (laughs) <laughs> we're watching the TV as it changes to uh, the game of the week. We were not alerted of this. So uh, if you were watching on SWX Montana television, you're not watching us anymore. And how the heck would you know I'm saying that? Because we're on the radio now only. <laughs> Regardless, hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. We'll continue this conversation, and then we'll talk more about the Dallas Cowboys uh, and all things NFL playoffs. Right after this, keep it right here. Go no us now, ESPN Radio.